welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. If you have a Bible with you, let's jump into the Word after that. Uh, anyway, First John, First John chapter 5. No more impersonations. No more impersonations. First John chapter 5. We're coming up to the end of First John chapter 5, people. We're on the last few verses of First John, and we have been in First John for over a year now. And uh, finally come to the end, and at the end of his letter, he, he, he does what every good writer will do, and he recaps uh, what he's been saying. Uh, he, he gives three we knows, three times he says we know. And these are things that we know, and I guess he could have said we know now, <laughs> because it's after having read his letter that we know these things. Um, perhaps we had a sneaky suspicion prior, but now the word of God has made it clear, this is what we know. And so over the next three weeks, I want to spend the last three weeks on this sermon series on the three we knows, and they're, they're pretty large, so I can't fully recap them. If you're interested, you can always go back and listen to sermons over the past 13 months, and um, you, can, you can also know some of these things, absolutely, certainly. But I want to jump into 1 John chapter 5. We're just going to look at verse 18. He says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. That word sin is in the present tense, meaning it's continuous action. Um, the NIV translates that pretty well, meaning uh, does not continue in sin. It does not continue in sin. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Yeah, so right off the bat, this may be a little controversial to you. Uh, this may stand out as controversial, this, this thing that supposedly, according to John, we know, that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he, ha he who has been born of God keeps himself. And so as I read this, uh, a few things come to mind. First off is, I think honestly that we are uh, more powerful than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. John says that whoever is born of God doesn't sin because the Holy Ghost zaps him. No, wait, that's not what it says. Because he gets the, 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 the serum and he becomes a super soldier. No, that's not what it is. Uh, it, because he has a great worship service and Hillsong just fires him up so much every Sunday that he's able to last at least till Friday before things start to get a little sketchy. No, that's not what he says. He says, <laughs> he, there's, a, there's a lot of translations, the ways you could look at it. But no, he says that whoever's born of God does not continue in sin. It doesn't mean that he never makes a mistake. It doesn't mean that he never, never sins even once because we know according to 1 John chapter 2 that, that he says, I've written these things so that you may not sin, but... But if anyone does sin, there is a possibility. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Even here in 1 John chapter 5, right? He talked about if you see your brother sinning, a sin that doesn't lead to death, you should pray for him. And so we know that, that occasionally sin may, may, may be a part of a Christian's experience, but it's never an ongoing part. He says whoever, whoever is born of God doesn't continue in sin because he keeps himself. So my first sort of introductory thought is, man, you're, you're, you and your decision-making processes are probably more powerful than you realize. Here's, here's a suggestion. Maybe life isn't happening to you, 
Maybe you are living your life. Maybe you're not just on a train clicking along, going through the years, going through the weeks and the months and the years and things happen to you, but maybe you actually have the power, the God-given power to make decisions in your life that can change things. I was listening to Erwin McManus uh, a couple weeks ago and he was, he was talking about this, he talks about this all the time, the, the power to create futures. That humans have the only, humans are the only ones who have this power, the only species that God has given the power to create a different future than they have had in their past. You, God has given you and I the power through like this thing called decision making, deciding, he's given us the power to change our future. Now, animals don't have that power. So if after church, if you go to a, a pig farm and you talk to the local pigs, and you ask them, are they living any different or any better than their parents were living? The answer is no. Are they eating anything different? No. Actually, over the last 2,000 years, you could, you could look at a pig when Jesus was walking the earth and look at a pig now, and they're wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> they are eating roughly the same thing. They have basically the same perspective on life. They have the same capacity. Why? Because pigs don't have the power to change their own future. Rats don't have the power to change their future. They continually go through life. They have babies. Those babies go through life, and they continually are on repeat. They're on recycle. Their life cycle looks pretty darn similar. However, humans, right, like humans, like you, if, you're, if you live in South Austin, you average person makes about 50000 a year, um, which is enough to afford a, a one-bedroom, one-bath, three square foot apartment and uh (laughs) but even even you in your little one bath one square foot apartment has there's more technology in that little apartment than king henry the eighth had his had in his entire palace like seriously 500 years ago like if he wanted fresh fruit and vegetables he had to wait until fresh fruit was in season and then he could only get stuff that was sort of local Like, but you and I can snap our fingers and we can walk into a grocery store. We can pick up things that were grown in Mexico just last week. We can pick up things that were grown across the seas and and shipped here. Like, like we, we, you can have Uber stop by and deliver you food from various cultures, right? Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Italy, Mexico. I mean, hey, what am I saying? Run for the border? I don't know. Okay, well, not quite the same as King Henry VIII. But I'm just saying, you and I, like, we have the ability to actually drink our water chilled. Like, this is incredible. This is the kind of stuff that people 500, 700, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 years ago couldn't even dream about. We can, we, we can, we can screen, we can FaceTime people who are, who are around the world. We can watch the sunrise in one place while we're literally hanging out in California where it is setting. Like this is, this is bizarre. We, we, we have satellites. And why? why? Why is that? Because humans have the power to change. Humans have the power to create things. Humans have the power to better themselves. And what's interesting is God gave us that power, didn't give any other species that power. And we actually have the power to change the futures of pigs. We can make entire species go extinct from our decisions. (laughs) We have the power to change the weather from our decisions. We have the power to shift massive, everything's responding to us. 
reacting to us. And if that's true, if that's true on a, on, a, on, a, like, on a literal physical level, if that's true even on a spiritual level, we have the power to change the, the atmosphere of rooms that we step into. Unfortunately, I think oftentimes we walk around as if we're victims of everything. Everything just happens to us. We never really step into the power that we have. I'm not saying that you are all powerful or anything like that. I'm just saying that John said that whoever is born of God doesn't sin. And the reason he reached for right away had nothing to do with supernatural anything. Had everything to, to do with our decision making. Because he keeps himself. Now, right away, this, is, this presents a bit of a problem. It's a bit tricky, right? And, and, and actually, if you read this passage in multiple versions, which I always do before I preach, uh, the NIV states it very differently. Uh, the New International Version actually says that uh, the, we, we know that whoever's born of God does not sin, but it says, he who has been born of God, and here he, they, 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 they capitalize. They say the one, the, the capital O, who has been begotten of God keeps them. So if you read the NIV, it's almost like you come away with thinking, okay, so the one who's born of God doesn't sin because Jesus keeps them. And that's certainly a biblical principle throughout Scripture, right? Jesus said that, that uh, uh, you have been, basically he said to his father, he said, I haven't lost any of the ones that you've given me. No one shall pluck them out of my hand. And so there is a sense in which God does, in fact, keep us and his power sustains us. But here John isn't talking about the power to sustain. Right. He's not talking about the power, because there's some days where I can't keep myself, right? I mean, I can't sustain myself. Anybody, anybody with me? There's some days I don't have the strength, I don't have the power to sustain myself. That's not what John's talking about. He says, the one who's born of God keeps, and that word keeps literally means to, to, to set a guard over. But a guard that's not an armed guard, the guard is not there to protect or to isolate. The guard is there to watch. It, it, it's from the word tereo, which means to watch closely or to examine closely. And so personally, as I've studied this, I think the NIV is completely wrong. I, but I think they're just struggling with the tension that we're all struggling with here. It's like, wait a minute, I thought Jesus kept us. And now you're saying we keep ourselves? Well, sort of. You don't have the power to literally hold yourself and carry yourself through life. You rely on the power of God for that. But you do have the ability to examine yourself or to study yourself or to, the, t the title of my sermon is watch yourself. <laughs> so check yourself before you, I'm not, see I'm too white, I'm not even going to say that, I'm just, I just, I keep a close eye on this heart of mine, I keep my eyes wide open all the time, I keep the, the ends out for the tie that binds because you're mine. I walk the line. See, now I'm white enough for that. Like, that's how that works. That's my level. Johnny Cash, I'll go with that. Um, <laughs> what are we talking? Nacho Libre, Johnny Cash, Ice Cube. What kind of church is this? I don't know yet. We're still trying to figure ourselves out, okay? We're, we're young, seven years old, just figuring it out. Uh, watch yourself. Exactly. Don't be so judgy. Um, no, you got to watch yourself. This is, this is the key. And so this is what I want to share with you over the next, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes about how do we keep ourselves? We watch ourselves. We keep a, a close eye on ourselves. We, 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 we examine 
ourselves. And there's two times when you need to watch yourself, all right, or check yourself. There's two times. The first, my first point is, is after a victory or, or, or when things are going good. Right, First Corinthians uh, chapter twelve, I think it is. First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve. Uh, it turned around. Paul says, "Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he fall." So there's so there's a sense in which, when things are going well in your life, when it seems like you're you're making progress, when it seems like you're stepping forward, and and everything's working out, relationships are going well, finances are going well, your health is everything's moving along. There's a sense in which the Holy Spirit says, "Wait a minute, you better you better you better check yourself, you better watch yourself when things are going well, because if if you're not careful, you can get so uh, a sense of confidence." And confidence is good, but a sense of confidence in the wrong thing, a sense of confidence in the fact that things are working out or, or the, 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 the results are coming in, right? And this can happen even as a church because we're in a season right now of growth. We're in a season of, of where people are getting, getting right with God. I'm, I'm loving it. Like, I, I just think I, these things in my head, I, I, I just think it's awesome. Like we're in a season where people are coming back to God, they're giving their lives to God, they're being baptized here or they're being baptized outside or like they're just like they're, they're hungry for more of God and I think that's wonderful. But if you're not careful, you can, you can lose like when things are clicking and things are working and everything is, is you're, you know, you're starting small groups and people are joining small groups. That always hasn't always been the case. But you know, like when things are just, just moving along, you can, you can lose sight of yourself. So I don't know, maybe you're not a pastor, but maybe you are a father. And maybe when things are cruising along, you can lose sight of yourself. Maybe you're a husband. And maybe when, when there's no complaints in the past two weeks, you can lose sight of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like after all, like if, if, if you're not careful, you cannot check yourself. Because you're too busy looking at everything that's working. Wow, this is good. And that's going good. And that opportunity. And I need to think about that. I need to advance in this. And, and I need to move forward in that. And you can, you can, your vision can get ahead of yourself. And so you need to be careful. Let him who thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. In other words, let, let, like when things are working out, ask yourself, am I still reading my Bible daily? Am I still spending time with God daily? Am I still, am I still open for correction? Because when you get some things right, you can, you can start thinking that everything you, you say and do must be right. But you have to check yourself sometimes and say, wait a minute, am I still open for correction? Can, can people still speak into my life? Can they still say, ah, that wasn't quite, or, or, or will I get offended by that? Because sometimes success can, can cause us to not check ourselves, to not look inwards, instead to look outward. It's, it's hard to be objective. It's really, really hard to be objective, especially when things are working well. Uh, I was listening to a Jordan Peterson talk this week, and uh, Jordan Peterson is a psychologist, and, and he, he was talking about how, how he, what, what, what he called, he said it's important that you have radical humility. And I like that term because he said, he said, he said, he was talking about the Greek axiom, the old Greek axiom, know thyself. And he said that's a really good statement, but super hard to do. Because you've spent so much time with yourself, you really don't know yourself. You really don't know you. That's what Jordan Peterson says. Jesus would put it like this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You do not know your motivations. 
You do not know why you said that. You do not, well, I was hungry. Well, maybe, maybe when you were hungry, you were actually honest. So you don't, like, you don't know yourself. Now, we think we do because we immediately, we immediately start, start giving our reasons why I said that and, and reasons why, and then that, and we just, we're really good at justifying ourselves, but knowing ourselves is different. And Jordan Peterson said, he, and I thought it was funny because he said, you need to, you need to watch yourself like you would watch a stranger. And I said, wait a minute, that's kind of what John is saying. This is First Jordan chapter 5, verse 18. You know, he said, he said, you have to watch yourself. You have to stand back from yourself and observe yourself as if you would observe a stranger. That's what John says. John says, look, the one who is born of God does not continue in sin because he steps back for a minute and he watches himself. Have you, it's so hard to be objective, right? But man, like in your marriage, for instance, those of you that are married, and you think things are going really well, (laughs) watch yourself. (laughs) No, sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's helpful to step back from yourself and like sit with the person who is married to you. Hi. (laughs) And ask her what it's like to be married to you. And you might be shocked that she's not quite as thrilled about being married to you as you're thrilled about being married to you. <laughs> this is just, I mean, this, is, this has nothing to do with my real life. I am just throwing out examples here. Uh, I just thought I just, you know, it was better than sitting next to Jonathan. I mean, I don't, <laughs> what does Jonathan know about me? Uh, but no, like, sometimes it's good to get, like, like, what is it like to have you as a parent? You know what it's like to have your kids as kids, and you tell them all the time what it's like. <laughs> but, but do you listen to them when they t- try to tell you what it's like to be your child? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean do, you ever just, do you ever just listen to yourself? Like, while you're talking, do you step back and say, is this the kind of parent I want to be? Is this the kind of person I project myself out into the world to be? Is this the kind of person I believe that God has empowered me to be? But do you, no, no, because sometimes we just live, we just say stuff, we just do stuff, we just, we just live our lives. And what John is saying, the one who's born of God doesn't continue to sin because they check themselves, they stand back and they say, wait a minute, I need to try to see this objectively. I need to ask around. I, that's why it's important to be under, under spiritual authority and leadership so you can ask spiritual authority. Am I seeing this right? Am I seeing myself right? Am I seeing my marriage right? Am I seeing my situation right? Am I, I mean, but, but, but we rarely do that, it's, especially when things are going well. We don't ask questions when things are going well. Everything, everything's going well. It's good. But sometimes we're confused as to why we don't get promoted in that job. Well, would you promote you? Would you hire you? Like, step, step back for just a minute. Some of you are shaking your head. No, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know why they hired me. I have no idea. You might want to figure that one out. Start, like, you, like, this is what John says. The one who is born of God doesn't continue in sin because he steps back and he observes himself or herself. He looks at a mirror. Like, this is what I was talking about today. Examine yourself, Paul says. It's not to say that you have the power to, to, to uphold yourself. You don't have the power to be who God's called you to be. You have to rely on God for that. But you have the power to see who you are. And at times, celebrate who you are. I'm not saying it's all bad. Sometimes when things are going good, some people have a really hard time just even acknowledging that they're doing good. Because they're too afraid. 
Well, if I, I don't know if I say I'm doing good, I might, I might slip up. No, why don't, why don't you actually see yourself? Some, some people are more proud of you than you are of yourself. Some people are like blown away by the changes that you've made, by the decisions that you're making, by the strides that you've made. So you got to step back and be like, hey, you know what? I, I guess I'm not where I'm going, where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. And I guess there, there is some progress here. And so there is reason to praise God. There is reason to be excited about that. Right, there's, a, there's, there's a term in, in psychology called imposter syndrome. You don't want to fall into imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is where, is where you don't believe in yourself, even though exteriorly you are succeeding. So because you don't believe in yourself, even when people try to compliment you, you can't receive those compliments because you really don't believe. You haven't really looked at yourself. You're too afraid to look at yourself. And so John says the one who is born of God keeps himself from sin because he sets a guard and he looks at himself honestly, the flaws and the positive stuff. And he says, okay, yes, some, some great changes have happened there. Okay, well, I kind of messed up there. And you move forward. So the first time you need to look at yourself is when things are going well or, or after success. Because otherwise you can, you can, you can get comfortable in, in basically the success that people see on the outside. Exterior success is not the same as interior success. It's just not. This time, I don't know, I guess it was last year, I was preaching through 1 John chapter 1. And he says, in relation to this, he says, this is the message we've heard from him. I think we have this passage actually to put up on the screen. He says in 1 John chapter 1, this is the message that we have heard from him, from Jesus, uh, that, and, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we are lying and the truth is not in us. That's a harsh truth, right? But then he gives us the hope and he says, look, but if we step into the light as he is in the light, if we step into the light, now what is the light? The light is him, God is light. If we step into the revelation, the illumination, the transparency, the vulnerability of coming before God and allowing his light to shine on us so that we see ourselves, if we step into the light as he is in the light, that's when we have fellowship. One with another, yes, with each other, but also with God. It, 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 it creates the link because we step into the light, which means we step out of darkness, which means we stop doing what we, what we know we shouldn't be doing, which means we're honest with ourselves. And we say, okay, I need to step out of that. And I need to lay that down. I need to step into the light and allow him to shine on me so that I can actually see myself. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So you can't really look at yourself very well without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so we ask him, Lord, help me look at myself. Help me see myself. We step into the light. And then he reveals things. And as he reveals things, we, as he reveals it, we deal with it. And so even just, uh, you know, uh, it was sometime last year, after, a little while after I had preached this message, uh, I was talking to somebody who had, who had seen me uh, preaching this message. And they, they're, they're church people. Like, they're involved in church. They're, they're doing all the church stuff. And from the outside, yeah, they're looking great. And it's very easy to coast on that. But as I was preaching about walking in the light, I wasn't talking about making sure everybody likes you or thinks you're doing good. I'm talking about when you stand before God, is there any darkness in your life? And so this person felt the Holy Spirit convicting them and they laid down some darkness in their life because there was that people didn't know about. And as far as I know, it's been like a year and I think they've still, they're still done with it. They still walked away from it. And that's encouraging to me because whoever is born of God does not continue in sin. 
Why? Because they check themselves. They see themselves and they say, okay, that's not pleasing to God. I have to lay that down. And it might cost you. It might cost you some friends. It might cost you some, some, some folks that were with you because of what you were participating in or because of the way that you were talking or because of the way that you saw life. But man, it's worth it to step into the light because that's when we have fellowship with God. That's when we have confidence before God and that's when we have fellowship with each other. So the, so the first time that you need to, to check yourself is when you're doing well. Secondly, you need to check yourself when you're not doing so well. <laughs> These are the only two times in life, okay? Other than that, just feel free to not check yourself. Um, one, when you're doing well, and two, when you're not doing well. Jesus told a story about a guy who wasn't doing well. We have some of this passage, I think, to put up on the screen. Luke, in Luke chapter 15, and you've probably heard this story. It's called the parable of the prodigal son or the lost son. Jesus is explaining uh, humanity's situation uh, and why he has come. Uh, in verse 11, he says, There was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between uh, the two sons, between both of them. So uh, in, in those days, the older son would have gotten two-thirds of the property and, and all of the inheritance. The younger son would have, would have received one-third. And then in verse 13, it says, not long after that, not long after the younger son got his money, which the younger son was the instigator here. The younger son was the one who wanted the inheritance before his father died. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. I think is what it says in the NIV, wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. Now, what would a famine have to do with anything? Well, in an agricultural society, famine uh, means scarcity. Scarcity means inflation. Welcome to 2021, by the way. Uh, it, means, it means that the cost of things, like you thought you knew how much milk costs, but now it's more. And we are experiencing a little teeny teensy bit of inflation. Uh, this guy was probably experiencing much greater forms of inflation, um, just like they are in Afghanistan, like they are in other parts of the world. Um, so, it, you know, Americans like to complain about stuff. But anyway, it's really, I mean, it's not nearly as crazy as it is in certain parts of the world. Um, and, and in 2,000 years ago, this man is experiencing inflation. Inflation means the cost of living goes up. Inflation means that you thought you knew how much your, your rebellion would cost. But when you got there, you figured out that the rules changed that the cost went up, that sin is more expensive than it ad advertised, that there's a fine print to it, and that things change. And suddenly now, he's out of money, and he thought he was gonna be able to survive because he thought he knew the cost of things, but now the cost of things has gone up. So now the price of survival has gone up. And it says he began to be in need, and so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. In other words, he said, look, can I, can I work for you? Uh, usually this would mean room and board and maybe a small amount of money on top of that. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed uh, the pigs. 
And um, to a Jewish audience, this would mean he was unclean, unable to worship, unable to go to the synagogue, unable to uh, connect with God or God's people. So this is, this is probably worse than the wild living, actually, to the Jewish audience. Jesus mentions wild living, and they say, well, okay, that's, that's not so good. But then working with pigs, that's really bad. This is his lowest point. And so he longed, he says in verse 16, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And this is, this is the position of humanity. This is when we're not doing good. This is when we have walked away from our father's house. This is when we have wasted the gifts that he's given us. This is when we've been foolish. This is when we've been rebellious. And I like in verse 17, it says, when he came to his senses... Um, in the King James, it says, when he came to himself, which is more aligned with the original language that Jesus used, because the word there is when he came means like when, when, when light began to dawn on him, or when it dawned on him, or when a light bulb went off in his mind. <laughs> or, uh, speaking of First John, when, when, when he stepped into the light, and he could actually, light illuminates things, and he could see where he was and how much it was really costing him. I'm convinced that a lot of times we get stuck in sin because honestly, we, it's, it's our attempt to get by. It's our attempt to survive. He needs food and there's nothing wrong with needing food. But the way that he's going about getting what he needs this is what Jesus is saying is so wrong. And it's wrong because he's out of the Father's house. He's away from the Father's provision. He doesn't have the food that the Father would have gladly given him. And so instead he's turning to something else. That's getting quiet because all of you have done this or are currently turning to something else. Something that the Father would happily give you. Something that, uh, that, that we know that, that every servant in the Father's house has. They all have love. They all have joy. They all have peace. They all have patience. They all have kindness. They all have long-suffering, the ability to go through stuff and, 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 and maintain their focus, maintain their peace. They all have these things, and yet we're trying to get these things from other sources. And this is, this is the problem. And even while he's trying to get them from other sources, he's still hungry. He comes to himself, and this is what he realizes. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? In other words, there's food in my father's house. And this is the second re revelation. I am starving to death. Why wouldn't you know prior to that that you were starving to death? Because <laughs> this is what sin does. It's the carrot on the end of the stick that keeps you going deeper and deeper and deeper into it. The promise is this next time will be the time when you're filled. The next time will be the time when you won't be hungry anymore. But he's noticing, wait a minute, I'm still hungry. Now, I don't know if he stopped his wild living. He might still be going to the parties. He might still be, you know, uh, the, known as the guy who has it all together. But when he goes home in private, he's still hungry. When he goes back to where he's living in private, he's still starving, he says. In other words, I'm not, I haven't gotten what I needed for a long time. And it's getting to a critical point now. And he comes to himself or he sees himself. This is why it's so important that if you have failed and if you have walked away from God, it's so important that you have a moment where you actually look at yourself and say, this isn't working. What I'm doing is not getting me what I want. There's nothing wrong with what I want. 
you want love, nothing wrong with that. You want acceptance, nothing wrong with that. You want peace, nothing wrong with that. You want joy, nothing wrong. God programmed you to want those things. The problem is how I am trying to get it, and it's not working. The more I try, the deeper addicted I get, the deeper addicted I get, the more guilty and shameful I feel, and the more rejected I believe that I am. And so my, my desire for acceptance just it's not working. So I'm, I'm, I'm chasing this, or I'm chasing that, or I'm posting this, or I'm deleting that, or I'm sharing this. I, and I'm trying to get what I'm, what I'm wanting, which what I'm wanting is not bad. The problem is where I'm going to get it. And so he sees himself. He sees himself. And this is when he said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. That's quite a revelation as well. Jesus never mentioned the word sin. He talked about wild living, talked about eating with pigs. But this boy has a revelation when he actually looked at himself. He's like, actually, back when I left, that wasn't right either. He, he, he goes back you know, before he got in trouble, what led him into trouble. And so when you look at yourself, sometimes you learn something. <laughs> like when you really take radical humility and you really look at yourself, you'll be like, wait a minute. It wasn't just the pig thing. It wasn't just the parties. It was like before that, when I was so desperate to get away from my, when I, when I didn't want my identity to be linked to my family, my spiritual family, my father, when I wanted to set my own identity, when I wanted to tell me who I was and I wanted to tell the rest of the world who I was and I wanted to let them know who I was, that, 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 that was the start of this. I sinned against you and against God because God created me to be this and yet I created this fake person and I've been selling this fake person and I can't keep up this fake person anymore because even though the fake person is still standing the inside person is dying and so and so the man says man look I've been I've been thinking about myself I've been looking at myself and and the truth is I have sinned against heaven and against you and he says I'm no longer worthy to be called your son which is all true but the father doesn't expect him to be worthy to be called his son he is not worthy, but he is welcomed. And so he finds that out. He gets up, and while he's a still a long way off, it says the father saw him and was filled with compassion. So that's my message to you today, that God sees you. If, you've, if you're doing great, wonderful. You might want to look at yourself. Check yourself. If you're, if you're struggling, if you're ashamed, if you're... If you're, if you're feeling hopeless because you, you'll just never get over this or get through this or get past this. And that's not, that's not the voice of the Father. He sees you. He has compassion on you. And he wants to welcome you in. This is why in 1 John, he says the one who is born of God doesn't continue to sin. Because he sees himself and he doesn't judge himself the way Satan judges him. He doesn't condemn himself. But he says, look, I've been wrong here, 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 and here. But I know where I can go. But I know who I can turn to. And I know who I can confess this to. And I know that he won't reject me. And that's exactly what happens. He doesn't have to be a servant, which he <laughs> talks about. Uh, his value is not tied to what he does. Which is the danger of not looking at yourself when things are going well. You agree with all of, all, of, all of the people praising you. You agree with them. Yeah, I am doing good, aren't I? And the problem with that is when you agree with everybody who's praising you, you also have to agree with everybody when they start criticizing you. 
So you have to completely cut off the praise and the critics, the fans and the critics. You have to remove them and you have to stand before God and say, God, I want to step into the light. I want to see myself the way that you see me, which is sometimes, you know, hard to look at, but always full of hope. This is something that, that Jordan Peterson said. He said, he said you know, it's, it takes great courage to look at yourself because you're probably more messed up than you think you are. <laughs> but he said it's actually the path toward hope because you actually probably have more potential than you think you do. And when you see yourself, you not only see the, the mistakes, but you also see the great potential that God's placed inside of you, the gifts he's placed inside of you, the anointing he's placed inside of you. And none of that has gone away. All of that is still in the person that he created. So, Father, we come to you right now. And whether those who are watching from home or here in person, Father, I pray that your spirit would empower us to look at ourselves, not in a condemning way, but look at ourselves through the eyes of our Heavenly Father. That we would see, step back, right? Step back and look at ourselves. Look at ourselves, not just the way that we would look at ourselves, but look at ourselves the way that you look at us. to confess the sins that may be going on in our lives right now. Whoever is born of God doesn't continue in it. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which means we can repent quickly, we can walk away. But the one who's born of God doesn't continue in it because he, he watches himself, examines himself. Father, give us eyes to see areas where we need to repent. But also, Lord, give us eyes to see our potential. Give us eyes to see how just one decision or two decisions or just a small movement forward could radically transform our family tree. Give us eyes to see our children beyond today, beyond uh, whatever attitude they're struggling with right now. But give us eyes to see our children beyond this season. Help us to see their potential. Not just the flaws so we can fix them, but help us to see their potential. Just like we want to see our potential or we want to see the potential of those around us. Help us to see our spouses. Not just, not just whether things are going well or things are not going so well. Help us to actually see our spouses so that we can see their potential. So that we can see what could be and what you could use them and how you could work through them. Help us see our church. Not just for the flaws, not just for the things that need fixed though there are things that need worked on, or help us to see the potential. Ways that you could grow your kingdom in South Austin. Ways that you could use our gifts and our talents for your glory and for your kingdom. It's the problem when we're too afraid to look at ourselves, we miss out on the potential. We go through life just maybe living up to other people's expectations, but never really realizing that we were created for so much more than that. Father, help us to see our potential that lies inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, well, we love you. Thank you for joining us.